Thank you for listening to Hillview Community Church's podcast. For more information, please visit hillview.org.au. Come on, thank you so much. Wow. God's good? Fantastic. Well, um, I'm excited to, uh, to share this morning. This message is, has been, um, I'm going to use the word percolating in my spirit uh, for some months now. And I really feel we're at a juncture in the spirit. And, and I really feel like the Lord is, is laying out in my life some of the, the key sort of messages but revelations that that I've built my life upon. And you know, the Bible talks about a, a wise builder and a foolish builder. They that build their house upon a rock and they those builds the, the house upon sand. And you see, sand is rock. But it's, sand is, is rock that's been through some stuff. And you see, we, we can't build our lives on stuff. We can't build our lives on, on, the, on the happening. We have to build our life on the rock. I must speak to somebody. And so sand is rock, but it's, it's rock that's, that's been buffeted. It's rock that's been eroded. And I don't want to build my life on the erosion. I want to build my life on the eternal. I want to build my life on, on that which is He has said, on that which is truth, not just fact. And so a lot of these um, foundational truths within my life are, are things that, that I continue to build upon. My pastor once said to me, you know, 89 years of age, you, you made it to 100 and then went to glory, Len Sparks, back in Wales. And he said this to me, he said, Gary, you, you can fall on the rock, but you'll never fall off it. And you know, one of the things I realize is, is continuing having the truth in my life, no matter what happens, these truths, these revelations continue to keep you. You know, this is one of the things, I, I love the saving grace of God, but I love the keeping grace of God as well. I love the keeping grace of God, the, the grace that keeps you, not the grace that we have a revelation of salvation. You know, a, a good friend of mine in ministry, is he's going through some crazy stuff at the moment right now with his health. And this is what he said to me, he said, Gary, you know, I get up in the morning and between the time I get up and 10 o'clock, God is my healer. But when 10 o'clock comes after that, God is my keeper. And the next day I believe him for my healing. And until 10 o'clock, he's my, he's my healer. And then after that, he's my keeper. You see, outside of that revelation, you're at a loss. Inside of that revelation, it's a win-win. Because God either heals or he keeps. Am I speaking to somebody? And so these revelations, these truths in our lives, set what I believe foundations within us. Man, I feel like this phasing going on. It's, I don't know if it's the electricity, but it's like this phasing. And I feel like today, what I'm about to share is, is going to place a truth in your life that, that you can continually build upon. And it's, it's a truth. It's a truth that is continually being attacked, continually being undermined by the enemy we have. But I want to tell you, there is a champion of our faith that is continually standing 
not just for us, but on our behalf every day. We have an advocate in heaven that is continually going on our behalf in the things of God. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that He's given God's, God has given some, and we can go through what them some are, the fivefold ministry. And the reason He's given them some, and we read this in Ephesians 4. And so why don't you put your hand on your heart with me and pray this prayer. Say, Father, speak to my heart. And change my life. Father, we just welcome the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. And this is what he says. You know, the, the, the Bible uses the word unity. And, and I think we have misquoted or misresonated or misrepresented that word because I truly believe that, that there is a word, and this word is continually echoing in my heart and my spirit. And, and over this last month, I've heard this word like four or five times, and it's the word oneness. Everybody say oneness. There is a oneness the Lord wants to give us a revelation of. And the greatest attack upon our lives and the greatest attack upon, on I believe, the church is the attack against oneness. That not just our oneness with Him, but our oneness with each other. But the biggest attack comes on our oneness with Him. That we see ourselves separate and not the same. And I want to unpack for us today and illustrate to us really what it is to have the revelation of oneness in our heart. Because Jesus prayed that. When He said, Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. Not because awesome things are going to be happening because it's a testimony and a revelation to the world of whose we are. You know, when you find out who you are, it changes your life. When you find out whose you are, it changes the world. Am I speaking to somebody? And so in Ephesians 4, it says this. It goes on and lists, and this is what it says, that it might develop until we attain oneness in the faith, in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ, and the completeness found in Him. If you're wondering what I'm reading from, it's the Amplified. It's the Loud Bible. And in the Amplified Bible, I believe, you know, it uses this word oneness. And right back at the beginning of Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, it says, let us make man in our image. Not let's replicate, not let's reproduce, let's make. There's a difference. It's not a replication, it's not a reproduce, re reproduction. It's literally a make. Let us make man in our own image. As we are, they are. As we look, they look. And you know, it's amazing right back then when God breathed into Adam. And later on we see that Eve came out of Adam's side and, and they walked with God in the cool of the day. They had oneness with God. They had common union. Everyone say union. They had this union with God. And I want to speak today about our union in Christ. I want to speak about our union in Him, our oneness with heaven, because 
the enemy from that moment onwards is trying to erode and trying to attack the revelation of the oneness that we have in God. And he came, and he came with a question mark. Did God really say? Because there was two trees in the garden. And then two trees. One was the tree of life. Everyone say life. And the other one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the enemy needed Adam and Eve to eat from that tree because they realized if they ate from that tree, they would know the difference. Everyone say difference. It's a big word. Because that's what erodes oneness, is when we can tell the difference. And that's what God said. If they eat of that tree, they'll know the difference. Everyone say difference. And that is the very word, that is the very reality that has been eroding our oneness with God from that day, is we can tell the difference. That we don't see the oneness, we see the difference. Because in life... There's no difference. But in good and evil, there's difference. That's good. That's evil. And the enemy knew the moment that they ate, they knew straight away. Why? Because flesh is imperfect. And God in His oneness, God in His oneness with with mankind. It says the heart of man is wicked. Now was the heart of man wicked before or after the fall? ask these questions. These questions keep me up at night thinking, God, what was it? You see, it was eating of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of, the knowledge of difference. And that's what separates. What separates is the knowledge of difference. That when I see myself different from you, that's what separates. But when I see myself at one with you, that's what unites. That's what makes oneness. That's the unity of the faith. And this is the beautiful thing that God wants to unpack for us that, that every day we get up and instead of seeing oneness, we see difference. That's why we, we have racism. That's why we, we have um, social systems. That's why we have pecking orders. That's why we have castes in, in India. That's why we have, because the people see difference. They don't see oneness. And Jesus is who mission was restoring us back to that oneness. Jesus made this statement. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the disciples are like, how could you say that? What do you mean? You're God? And he said, no, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I want to illustrate something. Last week, or the week before last, Les, Les spoke a, a phenomenal message in She brought out these objects, and and as soon as she brought out one object, something just hit me in the spirit. And I was listening with this year, but I was off with the Lord with this year. It's called multitasking. Men can do it, believe me. There's a joke there, but I won't go there. It's inappropriate for Sunday morning. And so one of the things we've got to realize, there's an illustration. And the illustration is this. I have it right here. And this, for me, is the revelation of oneness. When Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You see, we don't call this glass and water. What do we call this? Glass of water. 
You see, you don't see the glass without the water. And you don't see the water without the glass. They're one. You don't say, say that's glass and water. You say that's a glass of water. But it's impossible to see the glass without seeing the water. And it's impossible seeing the water without the glass. That's why he's called the Son of God. The same way it's a glass of water is the same way he's called the Son of God. And that's the reason we are called the sons of God. Because you can't see a son without God and you can't see God without the son. There's no difference. There's no difference. And this is the beautiful revelation he wants us to step into, that there's no separation. And you see, the water serves the glass and the glass serves the water. It's the same way as sons serve God and God serves sons. Whoa. Back it up there. I can hear your evangelical mind saying, how can God serve us? Because in two places, Old and New Testament, Psalm 23, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Servants prepare tables. In the New Testament, Jesus said, the Son of Man hasn't come to serve, but to be served. Sorry, it hasn't come to be served, but to serve. I'm glad you're awake. You see, and this is the reason why when he said, you're, I'm the son of man, what's that? You can't, you can't help but seeing a son without the man, and you can't help seeing the man without the son. And if you can't stretch yourself to being a son of God, then start with being a son of man, because sonship is the entry point to the fullness of the kingdom. Sonship, you want, no matter what you are, you can be a son. Well, let's not go there. That's inappropriate as well. But you can be a, but it's the sonship that's the entry point. And the same way as you can never see one without the other is the revelation that when God looks at you, and this is, this is the thing that, that really irks me, is, is this, this Trinitarian thinking or this Trinitarian message that, 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 that's going around and, and it really challenges me because people say we're the fourth person in the Trinity. No, we're not the fourth person. We are in Christ. Therefore, I'm in the Trinity. I'm not, I'm not separate too. And that's the thing is, is we don't see three people. It's not Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as three people. They're one. And in our thinking, we have this, you know, this triune, we see three, no, they're one. You can't separate. You can't see Jesus without seeing the Holy Spirit, without seeing the Father. You can't see the Father without seeing Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And these beautiful representations is, is you can't separate them. Therefore, if I'm in Christ, then people can't help but seeing Christ if they see me. And when the Father looks for me, he can't help but see in Christ. That's what gives me the, the access. That's what gives me the, the privilege and the right of being seated in Christ in heavenly places. Not with, in. Read your Bibles. It doesn't say we're seated with Christ. It says we are seated in Christ. Because he is the propitiation. The word there is the mercy seat. He is the seat we sit in. 
And every feature is in that. You know, I love going. There's a certain church I, I minister in, and, and the pastor's got one of these space-age massage chairs. That thing will poke you in places you'd never thought you had. And, and you, you'll, it sort of takes you into this weightless place. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, me and the chair are one. <laughs> to the point of people like, where's Gary? Because they look at the chair and they don't see me because I'm one with the chair. And we are one. And this is the beautiful thing, is, is what causes anxiety, what causes all what I call the figs of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit, is, is when we separate ourselves, when we see the difference, that's when we bring comparison into the place of I'm not, He is. I can't, He can. And all of a sudden we, we get into this anxiety and all these things because we've now separated ourselves from the oneness that's in Him. Jesus said, me and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Friend, I want to say to you today, if the world has seen you, they've seen the Father. And if, the fa- if they're looking for the Father, they've seen you. But we can't see the difference. We can't allow life to separate. We can't allow circumstances and situations to separate. You see, the body of Christ, this is what Paul says. You know, the eye can't say it doesn't need the hear because there'll be no hearing. The ear can't say it doesn't need the mouth because there'll be no tasting. What shall we say of these things? That we are the body of Christ. That, that we are one. You know, He is the head. But you don't have us walking around you know, uh, with, with just the head. We're not in the Adam's family or just the hand. We are the body of Christ with the headship that is Him. And so we are the representation. So if you've seen us, you've seen the body. Am I speaking to somebody? If you've seen us, you've seen the body. And God is bringing us into this revelation where you begin to realize that it goes beyond us just being a people who, who know that we're one, but the fullness of that revelation begins to drop in our hearts. Am I speaking to somebody? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew. Chapter 10, verse 32. I'm drinking the water. How many people are sons of God here this morning? You're not a son who has God. You're a son of God. Am I speaking to somebody? In Matthew 10, 32, it says this, Therefore, if anyone who acknowledges me before men and confesses me out of a state of oneness with me, I will also acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven and confess that I am abiding in him. You see, the beginning of, if we confess out of that place of oneness that, that He is Christ. If we confess, we're not confessing because we know of Him. We confess Him because we are Him. When we share the gospel, my friend, I want to ask you the question. Are you sharing the gospel because you know about it? Or are you sharing the gospel because you are it? You are the gospel of Christ. Why? Because I am the good news. 
And so the thing is, this is the difference between information and transformation. When we live out of a place of I know of, you see, the glass, if it was empty, can speak about, can say, I'm a glass. And water, you know, water can work in me. You know, here I am. Please, water, come. It doesn't serve any purpose. It's only when this glass has water in it does it serve the purpose. And it's the same, that we can know about the saving power of Christ. But until we've experienced it, until we come into that knowledge, until we come into that, that, that place of oneness with Him, is out of that place do we begin not to share knowledge, but we begin to share revelation. It's not something I know about, it's something that I know. Am I speaking to somebody? And Jesus said, if someone confesses me before men, out of this place of oneness that they are one with me, then I'm going to share them before the Father that I am one with them. You see, we think that this whole verse is about evangelism, that, that we get cookie points or we get whatever they call, whatever points they're called, brownie points. I knew, I knew it was a biscuit. It's cookie, cookie points in Wales. And so let's just say that. We get brownie points is if we can, hey, Steve, let me tell you about Jesus. All of a sudden, brownie points in heaven, God is now telling, Jesus is now telling the Father about me. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with this revelation that we are one. And the greatest joy that Jesus has is when he confesses before the Father, guess what? Me and Steve are one. Me and Gary are one. Not for the sake of salvation, but for the very sake of why Jesus came in the first place. It was to restore us back to oneness with the Father. And the greatest joy He has in declaring before the Father, guess what? We've got another one because we're one. The one, W-O-N, has become the O-N-E. We don't win people to Christ because we got to get them to heaven. We share the gospel of Christ because we want to do the mission of Jesus in restoring oneness back with the Father. That's evangelism. It's not a ticket to heaven. It's not the, the, the forgiveness of sins. That is the byproduct of evangelism. That's the byproduct of sharing the gospel. The essence of the gospel is, is that we would become one with Him. That we would become one. That's why when, when I, I share with people, hey, there's no difference. And we're seeing this right now with the political stuff that's happening, with the, the crazy stuff that's happening in this world. And guys, I'm telling you, there's more division in the church right now over what's happening in a political realm. And Jesus warned against this. He said, I want to warn, I want to tell you something, guys. Be careful of the leaven of Herod and of the Pharisees. One is political and one is, is religious. I'm having people, friends of mine, they're, eating the, they're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. They, they have gone hook, line, and sinker into this political realm. And guys, hear my heart. There are people who are ordained. There are people who are anointed to stand in governments. There's people who are anointed as, as Daniels and Josephs. But that's not everyone. And I fear today, hear the word of the Lord, I fear that there's people who are opening their mouth in places that they should never have a voice. And it's causing damage and not destiny. 
And we're, we're taking the bait. The bait of Satan is, is that we would, we would eat that cookie. There's that cookie again. We would eat that cookie of, of leaven that's filled with the leaven of Herod or filled with the leaven of, of the Pharisees. I'll tell you something. I love having reasoning with people. Paul said, let's reason together. But the moment that I pick up a, a religious spirit or a political spirit, I stop speaking. I won't even engage. And people are like, yeah, you're going to back down? Not even worth my time. Not even worth, not even worth the conversation. Because one thing I've realized is, is you can never, you'll, ne- you'll never. Actually, that's a vow. Very rarely have I seen someone. Very rarely have I seen someone get delivered from a religious spirit or a political spirit by another person. I've seen God deliver people supernaturally of religious spirits. I've seen God. I was delivered of a religious spirit. No one else delivered me. God had to deliver me himself. And I came out kicking and screaming. I'm not coming out. Not until 2 (laughs) o'clock. And I'm like, no! But this is what happens, friends, is, is when, when we don't live in this oneness with the Father. When we, this revelation, this is on this Father's Day. If I could say anything to us, is friends, God wants to give us a, a fresh revelation. Wants to bring us back to that place of oneness. Not just with Him, but that place of oneness with each other. Am I speaking to somebody? In Romans 15.6, it says this, So that with oneness, everyone say oneness, both of heart and voice, you may glorify the, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. It says in John 17, I love this, what Jesus sort of unpacks. From John 15 onwards, for me, I, I see this, this beautiful tapestry of truth that Jesus continually sows into his disciples. And it's, it's ever so, if I could use this word, it's subtly blatant. And it's blatantly subtle. That when Jesus just, just drops these truths, they become fabric or become, what well, I would use the word threads, that actually sow tapestry in their life that becomes truths that allow them to change the world in the book of Acts. Because they realize there's no separation. That what Jesus truly said, Jesus truly said, that's the gospel. And this is what he said in John 17, 11. He said, I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. You see, sanctification, separate, you know, to be separated unto God isn't to leave, isn't to reject, isn't to say, actually, I'm not there. To become one with God is to realize that we now become agents of change. Now we become the people with Him who can change the world. In using the word leaven and using the word yeast, Jesus says this, the power of just a little bit of leaven in something. The power of yeast in something. 
Friend, I want you to realize your oneness in God changes where you are, has the ability to transform every place of society you are. But you can't see yourself separate from. You have to see yourself unified with. And that unity of the Spirit, that unity with Him, realizes that nothing, nothing separates us from the love of God. You know, the bonds of faith, the the love that's intertwined between us and the Father, that's what keeps us in this place of oneness. Therefore, let me say it like this. Is Clark Kent and Superman two different people? Let me tell you what the phone booth is. Wow, Gary, I can't, I've waited all my life to have that revelation. Let me tell you what that phone box is. That phone box is the place of faith. That phone box is the place of love. That phone box is, is the place that we step into when we realize the Spirit of God, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in us. That phone box is that place where we get another revelation of His goodness. That phone box is another revelation when His goodness is poured out. That phone box is is the reality that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That's the phone box. That's what turns Clark Kent into Superman. That's what turns you into a supernatural person. That oneness in God. When you realize that the glass of water, not only is it now a glass and water, it's a glass of water. But what is the, what is the purpose, what is the substance that it's no longer about the glass, it's about the water. And the glass serves the water, realizing that I serve the Godhead. I serve the Father in what I do. That I am a vessel. Everyone say vessel. That I am a conduit. That I am a carrier of everything that He wants to achieve in this world. That I am not separate from, but I am unified with. And the Father uses each and every one of us as agents of change, as agents of the gospel. And this gospel brings life. And so friend, realize this, heads up. My grandmother always said, forewarned is forearmed. Realize, the enemy, the enemy couldn't care less if you sinned. The enemy couldn't care what you do. The enemy doesn't care about your behavior. He doesn't care about, your, you know, did you pray? Did you, did you not pray? Did you read the word? Didn't you read the word? We get so caught up in this behavioral stuff. Listen to my heart when I say this. What, he, what the enemy's scared of is your belief. Do I believe that I am one with the Father? Or have I bit the apple and now I see the difference? Whew. That's what the enemy is after. He's after your belief. He's after your faith. He's after your phone box. He's after your revelation that you're a son of God. Just like you, there is a glass of water. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen the glass, you've seen the water. You've seen the water, you've seen the glass. This revelation comes that my life is forever transformed because I've got that revelation. Jesus said, John 17, 22, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, 
just as we are one. This glory, this glory. Over the last couple of months, a good friend in the ministry, we've been talking about this. and We've been talking about how this, this word glory, you know, many people think it's the gold dust. That is a glory. That it's the healing. That's the glory. That it's the presence is the glory. But the word here is different when Jesus uses this word glory. And the word he uses here is this. It means to offer an opinion. Offer something that adds value to that person. To offer an opinion that adds value. Or I like to shorten it down to this. To offer something that adds, doesn't take away. And Jesus said this glory, this offering that adds to, I've given them. This offering that adds. Friend, I want to say to you right now, what are the things that you are offering that's adding to, not taking away? Could be an opinion, could be a comment, could be a conversation, could be anything in your life. What in your life right now is adding to, not taking away? Because if something is taking away, then guys, we are diminishing in the glory. We're not increasing in the glory. And my prayer, this is one of the things I've said, Lord, whatever happens in my life, whatever goes on, whatever takes place, circumstances and situations, I want to be postured in a place that every offering, everything that comes from me adds to and doesn't take away. And this is what it's, Jesus is talking about when he says that they may become one. Because what happens is this, is the moment that I take away from someone, is I'm not robbing them, I'm also robbing God. Yeah? Because I now position myself, and this is one of the things, when I look at this world, I have people come up to me, oh, Gary, this, you know, let's describe where we are. Let us not accredit a tent to where we are. You know, I have friends right now who are just writing off Australia. Oh, where's Australia going? This is what Australia is like. This is what Australia... I'm like, buddy, you are not offering anything that's adding to, you are offering that's taking away. And they say to me, Gary, you know, prophetically, what do you see? It's what I've always seen. This is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. God is still God, and He has plans to go way outside of my control. I must speak this Sunday. His, his plans haven't changed. You've heard me say this. I remember when we first came, you remember the GFC, the Global Financial Crisis? Remember that? I met someone in, in, in Perth last week who lost three quarters of a million dollars in that GFC. I never, you know, I thought it just hit America, but it hit people here. And I'm like, wow. But you know, this person is like, let me tell you this testimony. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, that's nothing. So I'm thinking for this other testimony, now all of a sudden something else happened. She goes, in, 1990, in 1980, I had two girls. And she said, I was diagnosed with cancer. 
They did a scan and I had stage fours right through my body. And so back then, you know, they give them experimental things and they lock them in a room. And the only people allowed in there is the oncologist and, and, and palliative care things. And so she, she gets put in and she sits and she's, the nurse says, now, it's going to be about a couple of hours. You can't have any family come because, you know, you're on these experimental stuff. You know, it's toxic and stuff like that. So they lock her away. They lock the door and she sits there. And she said, I just heard the door open. And so I, said, I thought, oh, they forgot something. And as I opened my eyes, Jesus is standing at the bottom of the bed. And she said, you, he said, Jenny, you have two choices. You come with me or you stay. It's your choice. But if you stay, what would you want? She goes, I want to see my two daughters get married. And he places his hand on her abdomen and literally, she said it was like a shockwave went through her body. She wakes up, the next thing, and, and she came, you know, she came to, and the next thing she remembers is the nurse shouting, who opened the door? Who unlocked the door? This door is supposed to be closed. Who unlocked it? And she said, it was Jesus. And the nurse said, oh, you, you're lucid, girl. You need, let's up the drugs. You know, you're crazy. And she said, no, I'm healed. Test me. The next morning, they send her for a full scan, completely healed. And she said, Gary, I can't afford to dwell on quarter, three quarters of a million dollars when I got my life back. You see, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And this is the oneness, this is the gospel, that that we realize that, guys, we are nothing without Him, and we are everything with Him, that nothing shall separate. And this is the beautiful place that He has placed us in, that I don't want anything in my heart to separate. I don't want anything in my heart to come in and say, you are separate from me because we're not. You see, this is what the enemy wants. This is what the enemy sows. Oh, you're, you're separate. No, we're one. And you can say what you like, but we're one. And as Dave said, you know, Joshua, Joshua was standing there, and the enemy came and said, you know, what about this about Joshua? He did it about Job. Just let me add him. God said, okay. You can do anything to him, just don't take his life. And in everything Job went through, his response was this. Though he slay me, I still will trust him. My friend, do you trust him today? Do you trust the fact and the truth that you are not separate from, but you are unified and at one with? Because this is the foundation of revelation that changes the world. Because you realize no matter where I am, God doesn't change. David said, Oh, bless the Lord God of Israel. The Lord, the Lord God of Israel, He is one. And you know, you can put Jesus in a brothel and He's still Jesus. You can put Jesus in a drug house and He's still Jesus. You can put Jesus in a pub and He's still Jesus. You can put Jesus in a church and He's still Jesus. Why? Because the oneness with the Father, His identity doesn't come from here. His identity is here. The revelation of who and whose he is 
isn't affected by the, the fabric of this world, isn't affected by the circumstances of the world. It is fueled and empowered by the continual communion. That's what we had today, common union, this unification, this, this unity. And this, well, I love to use the word union. Let's use the word union, oneness, union. This union that he has with the Father. This is the prayer of his heart, that he would be one with us. And if nothing can separate, then friend, that is my, that is my prayer for this world. That everywhere I go, that the gospel that I preach, as Francis of Assisi said, oh, that's, another, that's another tangent we can go down. Let's remember that. Everyone put their thumb out. Remind me that. We'll go, down, we'll, we'll go down this little track in a minute. But this is the gospel I want to preach. That when I stand in front of someone, they don't see difference. They see the invitation of oneness. That my heart is postured in a way that I don't tell them how sinful they are. I don't tell them how wrong they are. I don't tell them they're going to hell. But I tell them how good he is. I tell them how amazing he is, how, how kind he is, how intentional he is. How in, inclusive he is, not exclusive. And you know what I found in my life? I used to believe that, you know, the goodness of God would lead men to repentance. And I used to think, God, if you're so good to me, come on, just, just lavish your goodness on me. And, and as soon as you do that, everyone's going to repent. And do you know what I found, friend? When God showed His goodness, I found I was the one repenting. Am I speaking to somebody? And this is, this is what the Lord's inviting us into. Francis of Assisi, this is, this is where he got this revelation. That's why he couldn't, couldn't get contained in four walls. That's why he was out in nature, because he realized oneness wasn't just about the unity with the Father was in unity with each other. It was realizing the creation itself. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Why? Because the gospel, the revelation of the gospel is the oneness, is the completeness. It's not the fracture. It's the restoration. And you see, when we look at this world, and it might be hurting and it might be, why? Because it's fractured. And God has called us to repair the fracture. Gary, where's that in Scripture? Isaiah 58. He's called us to repair the breach. There's a breach that He's called us to repair. That breach is, is the separation that the enemy has always wanted to bring. And when you look at this world and you look at what's happening, guys, God is calling us as sons of God, glasses of water, to stand up. Why? Because creation is crying out for us. What are they crying out? They're crying out for oneness. They're crying out for the revelation that he's look, creation is looking for a people who know they're not separate from, but they're unified with. And through that union, something happens. I want to say to you right now, there's a union that God wants to produce. That's how destiny is birthed in your life. Why? Because you and him becoming one. Seeing this in the church, Jesus, Paul talks about it as a mystery. The mystery of, of knowing the same way as, as a, you know, Christ and the church is the same way as man, honor your wife, as, as Christ has loved the church. It's the union. And so my prayer today on this Father's Day, friends, 
as we come in for a landing, this is my prayer, is that we would step into a deeper revelation of knowing that you can't see the glass without the water and you can't see the water without the glass. And you can't see a sun without seeing God and you can't see God without seeing sons. Am I speaking to someone? Let's stand today. John, I'd love you to come. I want to pray right now a prayer and then we're going we're gonna to land this. I feel today that there's, a, there's an anointing here. As I've been speaking, man, I keep feeling this. this anyone else feeling that? And so for me, it's my prayer right now is that God would begin to weave this revelation. Because this is what happens. This is, and guys, we, sometimes in our lives we can, we can be, play more the devil than we can the Lord. Is when we speak things that try and cause division, when we speak things that, that cause difference, guys, we're like a slithering snake who's trying to get people to eat fruit. But when we posture our hearts in saying, as Paul so beautifully said in Ephesians 4.3, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. Be eager. I don't want to be eager to see difference. I want to be eager to see destiny. I don't want to be eager to divide. I want to be eager to bring oneness. Am I speaking to somebody? And so I want us to pray right now as we put our hands on our hearts on this Father's Day, 2017, that the full revelation of my union in Christ, my union with the Godhead, my union with the heavenlies, my union that I'm at one with, that's why Jesus could speak to the storm because he realized he was at one with. Therefore, peace that he was had to become peace that he saw. Friend, the love that you are is the love that you sow and the love that you see. And so, Father, my prayer right now in Jesus' name, Father, that you would give us such a revelation that if they've seen us, they've seen the Father. And as we have seen Jesus, Lord, I'm asking you right now for messianic revelation. Lord, I'm asking you, Father, that the very revelation of Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory, Lord, would become the cornerstone of our faith that nothing shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we are at one. And Lord, my prayer today that this revelation would be so branded deep within our hearts that no storm, no strife, no circumstance or situation shall cause us to see anything different than sons of God. They'll cause us to see nothing else than sons of God.
that we can't see sons without seeing God and we can't see God without seeing sons. As I look at this world, God, give me eyes of a father. Holy Spirit, those present and those watching, Father, right now, Lord, I'll lay as a master builder within the hearts of every person this revelation that they can build upon and they can build with. Friend, I want you to take a deep breath right now and just breathe this atmosphere and allow it to become reality in your life that there's no separation. When the enemy has come to try and taunt, tease, and torment, it's his heyday because I am one with my Father and my Father is one with me. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you for listening. God bless you this Father's Day. And have an amazing day together. Amen.